Could the Cincinnati Bearcats football roster be more talented this year than last year? Our Locked On Bearcats, your daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. I'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Lockdown College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Lockdown College terms and conditions apply. Alex Frank with you. Welcome back to um, what is not a recorded episode a week in advance. Hope you enjoyed my Lockdown Bearcats vacation series, reliving the 2021 season from my accounts of each game. Back with you on this Wednesday, July 20th of 2022. Don't forget to subscribe to the Lockdown Bearcats YouTube channel up to 364 subscribers and counting. So I do believe that this year's Bearcats football roster is more talented than last year's. I think there is a strong case to be made. Now, you might be saying, what? Last year's team went to the college football playoff. Last year's team was immensely talented. Nine draft picks, including the first first round pick in 51 years. I understand all of that. But I also understand that last year's team kind of had that feeling where if someone went down, if Desmond Ritter went down, if Sauce Gardner went down, if Kobe Bryant went down, if... um. I'm blanking here. If uh, Jerome Ford went down, if one of those guys went down, it felt like that you didn't feel confident in the depth behind them. If Desmond Ritter went down, it was Evan Prater. You didn't really know a lot about Evan Prater last year. You didn't think that he would be the guy to lead a team to the college, to lead the Bearcats to the college football playoff. If Sauce Gardner or Kobe Bryant went down, if one of them went down, yeah, you had the other, but you were going to have an inexperienced corner playing for them, playing in that other guy's place. If Jerome Ford went down, which happened in one game, you didn't really know what to expect from the running back room behind him. You had Charles McClellan. You had Ryan Montgomery. You had Ethan Wright the fourth. He's now, by the way, switched over to the defensive side. But you really didn't know who you had behind the star players. I look at this year's roster, and I look at every position. I look at any position on the roster, and I can name you two to three really good players. Quarterback, Ben Bryant, Evan Prater. Running back, Corey Kiner, Charles McClellan, and Ryan Montgomery. Tight end, Josh Widely, Leonard Taylor. Wide receiver, Dre Scott, Tyler Scott, Nick Martin. You get the point. The only position where you might struggle with that is defensive backs, particularly corners. You can name Javon Hicks. You can go to corners, though. You really struggle to name them. You're, you don't really know who's who. But linebackers, you can name at least three, if not four. Defensive line, you can name at least three, if not four. Offensive line, you can name that whole group. Special teams, you may not know them yet, but you will because it will, they will be better this year. I look at this year's roster, and I think that it is better than last year's in terms of depth. In terms of talent, maybe not. Not maybe. I don't think it is. Last year's team was uberly talented. But this year's team has more depth. This year's team 
According to one Power 5 assistant, if you read Justin Williams' State of the Program article that came out in The Athletic recently, he, talked, he, he quoted a Power 5 assistant saying they are still loaded. Now, we think about last year's team, we think about 2020's team as being loaded teams. We may not think about this year's team being loaded, but it is. Is there's talent across the board, and it's a reflection of the recruiting that's been that's a, that has been done. It's a it's a reflection of the development of those recruits. It's a reflection of the transfers who have come. This team is loaded on the depth chart. Like you feel comfortable, whoever the Bearcats roll out a quarterback week one, there might be a quarterback you want more than the other. I'm in that same boat as you, but. There is also the belief that whoever does, you feel like this team can win. You feel like this team can win eight games at least, which should be a cinch. You feel comfortable with whoever is the lead running back, if it's Ryan Montgomery, if it's Corey Kiner. You feel comfortable with your pass catchers. Whoever the quarterback that you feel comfortable with is throwing the ball to, you have confidence in that guy that he's going to make the catch. It's not just the tight ends. Last year, there were questions about several positions going into the season. There, was que- there were questions about wide receiver. Beyond Michael Young Jr., who else did you feel confident in? Alec Pierce? We really know how good he was going to be. He was injured half of 2020. We didn't really know about Trey Tucker. We didn't know about Tyler Scott. We didn't know about... Um, who's another receiver that kind of broke out last year? Jaden Thompson. He didn't really know about um, Jordan Jones, you didn't know about several receivers. Now, you go into this season, I'm looking at a potentially really solid room. Whoever plays quarterback is not just going to have to dump it off to Leonard Taylor and Josh Wiley. And then the offensive line, we questioned that going into last season, especially after their performance in the second half against Georgia. Well, Lorenz Metz, his first team all-conference in the preseason of the American Athletic Conference this season. That has to mean something to you. It does to me. And so we look at the offensive line, returns all five starters from last year's team that went to the college football playoff. Those questions have been answered. We have questions about linebacker after Jarrell White left. Okay, well, Deshaun Pace is arguably this team's best defensive player. His brother, Ivan Pace, who's one of the most underrated players maybe in the country, is now on the team. Yaheen Thomas is going to get his moments this year. Wilson Huber's a sixth-year leader. And then you look at any other position that you have, position group that you had questions about last season, they were all answered. And I understand that this team does not have Desmond Ritter. They don't have uh, Sauce Gardner. They don't have Kobe Bryant. They don't have... The key players who made up last year's team. That's okay. It sucks they're not here. But they made the most out of them. You move on to who you have now. Who you have now is good. There is a lot of depth. And I still think, because when you when you read this quote from a Power 5 assistant, It makes me realize how loaded this roster is. It's very, very similar to before Desmond became great, before we knew how good, how dominant Sauce Gardner was. It kind of reminds me of 2018 as that season unfolded. How much depth was on that roster 
Because think about that year. Perry Young was hurt towards the end of the season. And yes, you can point to statistics that weren't that weren't as good after he had after he got injured, but that team was still very, very good. They beat a good USF team. They trounced a bad ECU team as they should have. They lost to UCF by 25 points. It really felt a lot closer than that. And they beat a good Virginia Tech team in the military bowl. And every team is going to play their best in the bowl game. I don't care if Virginia Tech had four fewer wins than UC at the time. After Perry Young got hurt, that team went three and one. Three and one. So you don't look at the statistics that dropped or weren't as good and say, well, you know, that team didn't have depth. Yes, they did. They had a lot of great depth on that team. Jared Dokes got hurt in the preseason. Michael Warren came in, and he was a Heisman Trophy candidate, at least in Cincinnati. Here's the, here's the quote from the Power 5 assistant quoted in Justin Williams' State of the Program article in The Athletic. End quote. Maybe I'm more bullish than some, but I think they're freaking loaded, the Bearcats. They have weapons all over the roster who can be explosive and help you score points, and they have an offensive line that can bully people, end quote. That's some strong praise. That is some really strong praise. Think about the guys who who helped the Bearcats score 50-plus points twice last year, who helped the Bearcats score 40-plus points on numerous other occasions. Again, if you exclude the playoff game, the lowest points they scored in any game last season was 24, and that came in Notre Dame, which could have been expected, and they still won that game by 11. Explosiveness. I feel like this team has that. It kind of felt like last year's team. For as explosive as they were, it kind of felt like there was still something holding them back a little bit offensively. Maybe it was Mike Denbrock. Maybe Desmond Ritter still had some trouble with the deep ball, though I would, I, would, I would argue it was much better last year. Maybe it was a lot of things. Maybe this year they're more explosive. That's going to be interesting to see. Their offensive line, we now know, is pretty dang good. The Indiana game woke them up because they weren't great in the first 20 minutes of that game. They were great the rest of the season and in that game. So when you ask yourself if this, if this team's roster is more loaded than last year's, I think the answer is yes. And I know last year's team went to the college football playoff. If this year's roster had Desmond Ritter, they'd be a playoff contender. If this year's roster had Sauce Gardner, they'd be a playoff contender. This roster lacks that big-name, high-profile player. What it doesn't lack is depth. And that is what makes the team more loaded than the team before. Coming up, how will a potential lack of experience impact this year's team. I say this team is more loaded than last year's team, but I also am not going to disregard that it does have, or lack rather, experience. I'll explain next after a word from LinkedIn. As the sun comes out and small businesses are back in business, LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier to grow your team. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the people you want to interview faster and for free. So create a free job post on LinkedIn jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one 
in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Which NFL stars move the betting line the most? It's happening all this week on Locked On NFL as the crew gives you the 50 most valuable players in the NFL from the odds makers at Bet Online. It's available all week on Locked On NFL wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. My guy James Rapine hosting Locked On NFL today. Check him out after, of course, you uh, check out Locked On Bearcats and making us your first listen of every day. So, the experience on this roster is interesting because you feel like there's not some, but there is. Like, look at the number of fifth and sixth year players that are on this team. Then think about their role that they are going to play, that you expect them to play, or what they even played last year and in previous years. Fifth and sixth year players like Josh Wiley, you know what he's going to bring to this team. Leonard Taylor. Like Josh Wiley, you know what he's going to bring to this team. Arguably the best tight end tandem, excuse me, in the country and when it comes to college football. Malik Van has been here for four years. He's a Cincinnati, he's a Cincinnati kid. Homegrown, has been developed, has been through the programs thick and thin. Wilson Huber, sixth year, high energy leader and emerging star of the defense. Charles McClellan has battled through injuries throughout his entire career. Now you finally feel like maybe he is, is going to be your lead back this year at running back. Now, Corey Kiner might have something to say about that. So the experience is there. It may not be at the most important positions, but those players I just mentioned are players who are going to be deciding whether or not the Bearcats win games. Here's a quote from another Power 5 assistant. In quote, they have talent, but they don't have the experience factor at some big spots this season. I would say those big spots are quarterback and corner. How many wins is that worth? The assistant said, and quote, what you know is that those kids play really hard and they're talented. That gives them a pretty good chance, and quote. I feel like that's pretty accurate because the feeling that I have going into this season is I think every single game is going to be a dogfight. What I mean by that is the Bearcats are going to play tough and nasty for 60 minutes on any given on any given Saturday, Friday, or Thursday, whatever day they're playing on. That's what I feel. I feel as if that's what's going to happen with this team. Because they are not going to be able to just beat you into submission every single game. Last year, you saw the Cincinnati Bearcats beat Temple, UCF, SMU, Murray State, Miami, Ohio, eventually Indiana and Notre Dame, all into submission. This year, I don't think they're going to be able to do that as frequently or as much as they like to. Eventually, they also beat Houston into submission. That Houston team was pretty daggone good. I don't think you're going to be able to do that this year because you don't have the alpha dogs that have roamed this program for the last four years. You don't have Ritter. You don't have Sauce. You don't have Kobe. You don't have the alpha dogs. But what you do have is a lot of players who know how to play really, really hard. Now, that's not to say that these players can't become the next wave of alpha dogs. I think Deshaun Pace is definitely in that conversation. I also think that Malik Van can be that up the middle in the trenches. 
I think Wiley and Taylor can be those guys, even though they're tight ends. You can rely on those guys to make plays. I think the running back room has potential with some alpha dogs there. Last year, when they went into Notre Dame, you felt like they had a tangible chance. Heck, they were favorites in that game. But you know why they were favorites? Because they had big-time players. We all thought, okay, it's Notre Dame. They haven't lost a home game since they lost to Georgia in 2017. And that Georgia team was pretty dang on good. But the Bearcats had a very similar team to Georgia. What do they have? They had physicality. They had toughness. They had a big-time quarterback. They had explosive playmakers. They had guys who did not have fear. Deshaun Pace, quoted by Luke Fickle saying he doesn't have an ounce of fear in his body. Okay, well, his interception got the scoring started. Wilson Huber's fumble recovery on the ensuing kickoff. It was Trey Tucker's touchdown where he found the ball, tracked the ball at the end of the first half. It was Leonard Taylor's 36-yard reception on a beautiful throw by Ritter. It was those guys who did not fear a single thing that won them the game. They didn't fear going into South Bend in the Notre Dame Stadium, one of the holy grails of college football, and playing. They didn't care. When this year's team goes to Arkansas, it might be a little different. Even if Ben Bryan starts, which I have said, if Ben Bryan starts, that's probably the rational, um, the safe bet to play. That is, okay? But that doesn't mean that the Bearcats are automatically going to win. The players who have been here in previous years in big games, you don't have. So it's going to be up to the other players. But you know what? You know who else is going to be up to? Luke Fickle. Luke Fickle. And we all love him, including me. I mean, they sh- I, mean I-, I-, I am in the club now that they should erect a statue of Luke Fickle because of where he has taken this program and where he is going to take this program to. Luke Fickle is going to really have to show he can win big games as a head coach. If you look at his track record in big games as a head coach, last year, Indiana and Notre Dame, big games won them. Houston in the championship game won that. Alabama, I'm not going to hold that against him. It's Alabama. But before 2020 and 2021, It was his Achilles heel to win a true big game on the road or any big game. Yes, the Bearcats won all the big games at home. Go back to to any game on the schedule in his first three seasons. And they did not win many of them. They lost at Ohio State, got trounced. They lost at Memphis twice. They lost at UCF. Hell, they lost to Temple. They lost to Michigan. Six big games. Whatever you classify a big game, that's what I classify a big game. I'm classifying a big game as either on the road against a name-brand opponent, name-brand school, I don't care if UCLA is bad at football or not, or I'm classifying it as a game against a quality team like Temple, UCF, and Memphis. Or, like I said, a game against a name-brand opponent like Ohio State. Go back to before 2020. What was the biggest game Luke Fickle won against UCF at home? I'll give him major credit for that. But I also hold against him the games he didn't win. Because 
as the Bearcats built the team, the talented team that last year's team became, you have to remember that, you know, before those teams, they struggled to win games on the road. The Bearcats won those games last year because of talent. They were more talented than Indiana. They were more talented than Notre Dame, ultimately. Against Alabama, though, they weren't. And you go back and you watch that game, which I have not yet. I might before the season starts. Matter of fact, I probably will. If Luke Fickle can learn what they did not do against Alabama, and he said it in an interview this offseason with Dan Hort, they weren't aggressive enough. They were playing not to lose. Kind of a little timid. You can't do that in any big game. Your first, your first game this season is at Arkansas. Again, they may not be a world beater in the SEC, but they're pretty good. They are very good. They had a really solid season last year, and they returned some key players. Be aggressive. Empty the bucket. It's coaching is what's going to win that game against Arkansas because of the lack of talent that's on this team. Last year's team could win games on talent alone. This year's team, if they are going to get anywhere close to where they were last year in the college football playoff, it's going to be a combination of talent plus coaching that we haven't seen from Luke Fickle yet in his career because the talent masked any deficiencies that come with Luke Fickle as a head coach. And there aren't many, but they are also glaring. Coming up, is there any pressure for this team to replicate what they did last year? It's a very interesting question because you always have that with any team that does something like the Bearcats did last year. I'll explain next after a word from betonline.net, your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, including the fact that the Cincinnati Bearcats are the team to beat, according to the odds makers, in the race for the American Championship this season. You can find also Major League Baseball games to bet on, NFL coming back, training camp starts next week. I'm sure James Rapine and Jake Lisko from Lockdown Bengals are excited about that. You can also bet on NBA and NHL, maybe even the Drew League. <laughs> bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Maybe you want to bet if Joe Burrow is going to take home an SB tonight. At the ESPYs, maybe the Bearcats will win an award for best breakthrough team this season, best achievement, if that's a thing. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. So whenever you accomplish something, whenever a team accomplishes something, like the Cincinnati Bearcats did last year, which was making the college football playoff, there's always that question. Well, you know, they got to replicate it. They got to do it again this year or else it was a fluke. Why do we have that? Why do we have that? Why does it have to be that way in order to make something legitimate? It was legitimate because they did it. Making the college football playoff was a legitimate accomplishment. And you're going to, and anyone who says, well, they got to do it again this year. First off, that's not a realistic expectation. That's an ambitious expectation, which maybe you have like I do. But what's a realistic expectation is to say, you know what? They're not as talented as last year's team. But there's certainly the expectation that, hey, they can win another conference championship. 
they can win it. They can go to a New Year's Six Bowl. If the 2019 Cincinnati Bearcats were one win away from a New Year's Six Bowl, and that team was not nearly as talented as this year's team, let alone last year's team, if that team in 2019 was 25 yards away from making a New Year's Six Bowl, why can't this team do that? That's legitimate to argue. It's illegitimate and, quite frankly, just wrong to say, well, they got to make the playoff this year in order for last year's to be legitimate. Just stop. There should not be any pressure on this team to replicate what they did last year. Why? Several reasons. There's not as much in place going into this season as last year. Remember last year, Dan Horde said this to me in an interview I did with him on this podcast leading up to the playoff game. He said there were five things that were in place last year for the Cincinnati Bearcats to go to the college football playoff. Number one, their preseason ranking. Number eight in the AP poll. Immediate respect and legitimacy right there. Number two, a quarterback in his fourth year who had an who had an uberly great second half to his third season. That's That was legitimate right there. That caught people's eyes, especially the playoff committee. Number three, they had the star players elsewhere. Sauce Gardner and Kobe Bryant. Jerome Ford, Alec Pierce. Number four, they had the schedule at Indiana and Notre Dame. And number five, I forget what Dan Hort said, but I'm saying number five was that you would – Oh, I'm sorry, this is what he said. Number five, you were very good the year before, and you were talked about as far as the playoff conversation was concerned. I don't want to hear, oh, there was no chance they were going to make it in 2020. There was talk about it in Cincinnati. And there was talk about it on a national level, too. Just not as much respect put on it as there was last year. So those five things were in place last year. There's not that this year. They're not going to be number eight in the AP poll. I'm sorry. They might be ranked in the top 25, but they're not going to be number eight in the AP poll. They don't have a quarterback in his fourth year. Ben Bryant is going to be playing his fourth season with Cincinnati, but not fourth straight as a starter. They don't have a first-round draft pick on the roster yet. Going into last season, you were like, Sauce Gardner could be a first-round pick. He was. They don't have a Jim Thorpe Award candidate at corner. Whatever happens this year as far as long as it's not drastically different than last year's, is good. They do not have to replicate what they did last season in order for it to be legitimate. Or just to, you know, make this season a success. They don't have to do that. What should be the focus or the bare minimum is a conference championship. That's something that's realistically attainable. Like, the Cincinnati Bearcats, remember earlier this offseason when I said you don't want to be a one-hit wonder. You don't want to be like a Michigan State or you don't want to be like an Oregon. You don't want to be a Florida State. In the playoff era, there are teams who have been in the college football playoff who are one-hit wonders. LSU is one of those two. Because ever since all, the, all that talent left after the 2019 season, <laughs> they fell off a cliff and they have not climbed back and they have not climbed back up since. Maybe Brian Kelly, though, will have something to do with that if that happens. But the Cincinnati Bearcats, I, they're not going to be a one-hit wonder, even if they don't make the playoff this year. All you want them to be is relevant. All you want them to be is playing for championships. That is the expectation at the University of Cincinnati. And even last year, I said, win a conference championship, see what happens. It did not matter to me whether or not Cincinnati made the playoff. I cared about it. 
but it wasn't going to make or break my life or season as a fan if they did or didn't. Maybe it did for you, and that's understandable. It did not for me, and that's why I enjoyed it. I never expected Cincinnati to make the playoff until they did. Until the moment their name was revealed on Selection Sunday. I never thought they were going to—they were a 100% lock for the playoff. And that's a true fact. You look at the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm going to use them as an example here. I'm listening to Peter King's podcast, which after this, if you want to check that out, you should. Peter King talked about how when Andy Reid was the head coach of the Eagles, and he was for 14 seasons, every single year, the Eagles may not have been the most talented team in the league. They may not have had the best team in the league on paper. But what they were was there was always a sense going into the season that they were going to be competitive. They were, they were going to compete for a division title. They were going to compete, you know, they were going to, you know, try to win a playoff game. They were going to be relevant. They were going to keep fans interested into the winter months. And that is exactly what they did. From 2001 through 2010, a stretch of 10 years, the Philadelphia Eagles won six division titles, including four straight, made the playoffs two more times as a wild card, and by the way, went to the NFC Championship game one year as a wild card. They went to four straight NFC Championship games from 01 through 04. They were never, and and won one of those NFC Championship games, went to Super Bowl 39. They were never not relevant. Even 2005. When there was the drama between T.O. and the front office, they still started out 3-1, and one, and they were still relevant even late into the, into the season. That team had a chance. That team was relevant, and that, that franchise was relevant all season for 10 consecutive seasons. You cannot be like that if you're Cincinnati. The last great year prior to 2021 was 2009. The Bearcats went 4-8 and eight the next season. I don't expect that to happen this year because while there's not as much in place for a repeat playoff run this year, there is a lot in place to prevent a fallout or a falloff like happened in 2010. You have a head coach. You have a plan in place, a quarterback, whatever it is. You have two potential plans, rather. You have talent at wide receiver. You have talent at running back. You have talent on the offensive line. You have talent on defense, up front, in the middle, and you know unproven but yet potential on the back end. You want the Cincinnati Bearcats to be a model of consistency. Going into this season, and there is there are expectations. There are expectations on this team. There should be. There's a weird feeling right now around the Cincinnati Bearcats program, the state of the program. You can read Justin Williams' article. He does a phenomenal job, as he does every year. I, I read that article every single year. You can read that. My my definition or my assessment of the state of the program for the Cincinnati Bearcats is this. It's, it's a weird feeling because they lost a lot of talent, but yet there is still a really positive vibe around this team. Like, while there may not be great things that happen, or I shouldn't say great, while there may not be great things that happen this year, there are great things that are going to happen next year, there are great things that are going to happen in 2024, 25, etc. because of their move to the Big 12. There are great things in place for this team. But quite frankly, you think this team, you don't know what to expect, but you probably have the feeling that I have is, okay, we think we're about at least an eight-win team, but anything that happens beyond that, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, maybe 14, maybe 15, anything that happens beyond that, you're happy with. Now, on tomorrow's show, I'm going to explain 
Why a conference championship? Why that? Anything short of it will not be a successful season in 2022. As always, don't forget to, sub- to subscribe to the Lockdown Bearcats YouTube channel, now up to 364 subscribers and counting. Follow us, too, to get an alert every time we drop a new episode. Don't forget to follow me on social media at Twitter, at Frankie underscore Natty with two N's and an ATI. You can follow me on Instagram, AlexFrank9 underscore, or email me at Alex3Frank at gmail.com. Now, get more on the Big 12 by making Lockdown Big 12 your second listen. Everyday host Josh Neighbors and the local experts of Lockdown take you across the Big 12 in 30 minutes. Lockdown Big 12, your second listen. That's Lockdown Big 12. For the Lockdown Bearcats podcast, I'm Alex Frank. Don't forget tomorrow why a conference championship, anything short of that, will be a, un, an unsuccessful season for the Cincinnati Bearcats. And then on Friday, well, we'll focus on tomorrow, but Friday we're going to talk about uh, many other things that relate to this show today. See, here's what we do. Here's what we're going to do now uh, this week, next week, throughout the weeks of fall camp. We establish our talking points on Monday and then what we do is, and this is what we do in the newsroom, a technique. We peel back the onion, the onion, the many layers to it. We expand on topics. And they might last more than a week, and that's totally fine. But that's what we're going to do. So we've established the state of the program for this week now that I'm back from vacation, which was awesome, by the way. So that's what we're going to do. We've established our state of the program, our talking points. We'll hit on a conference championship and why nothing sh- and why anything short of that will constitute not success next year. For the Lockdown Bearcats podcast, my name is Alex Frank. Have a great rest of your day. Enjoy the ESPYs tonight, and I will be back tomorrow with a new episode of Lockdown Bearcats.